Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, what's up? Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at Dancing Rabbit Golf or PearlRiverResort.com to uh, check out your, um, make your plans to schedule your tea time. Glad to be with you this afternoon. You can join the conversation on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more online at ceasefire.com slash business. Good afternoon, Michael Borky. Good afternoon, Brian Haydad. How's it going, fellas? All right, election talk, Mississippi. Haydad, what's your take on the governor's race? Uh, we'll wake up tomorrow morning and nothing will change. Speak for yourself. I plan on changing at some point after I wake up tomorrow. I mean, I'll change clothes. You know, I'll change clothes. You're not convinced that your day-to-day existence is going to change, though, based on the outcome of today's election? Correct. And I I only base that off of my entire life. (laughs) You know, I appreciate the candor from Brian Haydad. Thankfully, most people are a little more engaged in the electoral process uh, in our home state than Brian Haydad is, so that's uh, that's probably good for uh, all of us. We do have special election coverage coming your way. It's going to begin at 8 o'clock tonight on Supertalk Mississippi. That's on your Supertalk radio stations, online at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV if you want to watch the coverage on the app, all of the places that you get Super Talk Mississippi starting tonight at 8 o'clock and going until about 11, maybe later if it feels like it's absolutely necessary. But the plan is 8 until 11 tonight for statewide election coverage. Up to the minute results from across the state. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of guests that are coming uh, by, either going to be here in studio or going to join us on, uh, on the guest line. Um, and looking forward to that. I actually get to host that tonight, so we'll play Traffic Cop for about three hours. And uh, hey, Dad, if you want to call in, we'll be sure that there's a, a line that's open for you. I, I, I might do it. You never know. Would, would you be more engaged in today's activities if you were going to be sitting here with me tonight like you proposed yesterday? Well, I, I feel like I would have to be at some point. 
Like, I don't know that they've ever tried to have an election show with comedy. <laughs> like, has there ever been a, an election show where they're like, and, you know, there's there's like the random guy. It's like Dennis Miller in the, the Monday Night Football booth. You know, it's like, this play was very important. And like, yeah, guy, and look at this guy over here. You know, I mean, what, what would I, what do I provide? I don't know the answer to that. I, I just, I was willing to find out. Well, I just know that yesterday you were very adamant about the fact that you thought you needed to be a part of the coverage. I just, I'm just, I, 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 I was more admin, like, why didn't I get a phone call? Yeah. When somebody asked me if I was interested. They you know? probably just assumed that you were busy. I, I do think. I like money. Uh, loading up a cooler full of whatever we choose and doing election coverage on, like, an alternate channel would be awesome. That could be, that could be your, your YouTube show. Me and you. Dude, couple of, couple yeah. of cases of brew. Got the grill working. Like, ah, who's, who's Richard calling it for? All right, let's see how it goes. Do that from the the couch in my office, like we yeah. did for that uh, the the one time we've utilized. Yeah, well, I'd be in Borky's house, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's know, fair. We have to keep it down from when Mister James goes to bed. But other than that, no, I've got actually got a door that shuts uh, at the end of the hallway, so we can do whatever we want and be as loud as we want. He can't hear us. We're good. There you go. Hey, All right, gotcha, gotcha. so basketball season got started last night. A lot of college basketball news. We'll get into that. But I want to ask you guys a question. So I did an interview uh, just a little while ago on the SEC radio, on, on satellite radio, with Cole Kublik and Aaron Murray. And I'm not sure, I can't remember which one of them asked me the question. But we were talking about the Ole Miss-Georgia game this weekend. And I think it was Aaron. He goes, hey, where has Ole Miss got an advantage in this game? And I paused for a second. I was like, do they, on paper, have an advantage anywhere? And I'm not sure that that was the right answer, and I don't know if that was the best answer. And we ended up talking about Quinshawn Judkins and kind of the difference at, at the running back position. But I'm curious what you guys think. When you look at this matchup this weekend, is there an area that you can point to where you think Ole Miss has a definitive advantage over Georgia, whether it's Position group, coaching staff, uh, home team versus road team for some weird reason. Yeah, I- anything that you can point to and you go, yes, this is where Ole Miss's advantage lies. Ole Miss has better running backs. Okay. By committee? Mm, I, like I mean, individually committee, and I, collectively? I, yes. Well, Judkins is the best, yeah, the best running back on the field, and Judkins and Bentley is better than anything Georgia can throw out. But the combination of Milton and not not as good, yeah. Well, in Georgia, you know, it, it needs to be like this needs to be contextualized because it's still Georgia, like it's still a collection of of high level players, and they're coached really well and all that. They are not the dominating force defensively that they have been. Uh, the the previous two years. Missouri had success Mm -hmm. running the football against Georgia. They were able to create running lanes. That little back's a good player, but he's not Judkins or Bentley. And and they were able to protect Cook uh, enough, and and Missouri's receivers were were able to get separation and and get open. And I mean, again, they they struggled to score some because it's still a collection of high-quality football players. But Ole Miss should be able to have some degree of success running the football compared to what you would think from watching Georgia's defense uh, the, the previous years. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. They're not as dominant on the defensive line, and they're not as dominant at linebacker. They're still really, really good at both of those position groups, but not what they were. And I guess they don't have a Keeley Ringo even in the back end of the defense. But does that just mean Georgia doesn't have household name players because it's a little bit younger roster than it has been? Or are they not as good, even though... They're really, really good and highly touted and highly talented and all of those things. Statistically, they are not as good. What does that mean? I mean, schedules are different, all that. But they have played a weaker slate than they have in years past. And the numbers say that they're not as good at it. Yeah. So, But Beck has been better. McConkey being back is a problem. I mean, the Ole Miss defense has been really, really good. I mean, it's, that, that's where I, I would be afraid of a mismatch is Ole Miss's secondary uh, covering Georgia and, and not giving up big plays and, and stuff like that because A&M, now they've got a couple of guys they're going to play at the next level uh, at wide receiver, but A&M was able to move the football in the second half. They were able to throw it. They were able to stretch and, and run the ball as well. I mean, they kind of had their way with Ole Miss. This is a more talented offense that's quarterbacked better than the one that they just played. All right, cumulative numbers in the backfield. Dewan Edwards is the leading rusher for Georgia. He's played in seven of their nine games. And on 112 carries, he's got 632 yards, averaging a little better than five and a half yards a carry, eight touchdowns, 90 yards per game. And then Kendall Milton has played in eight of nine games. He's averaging five yards a carry with five touchdowns. So 37 yards a game. So combined, those two are at, what, like 900-something, 925 yards and 13 touchdowns on the season. So for Ole Miss, it's the combination of Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley. Judkins has 793 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Bentley's got 388 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Judkins, 4.7 per carry. Bentley, 5.8. 88 yards, 43 yards. So, individually and cumulatively, Ole Miss is better one versus one, two versus two, and one-two combined. Not by a ton, but by a little bit. Played a tougher schedule to this point as well, I'd argue. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Non-conference game for Ole Miss that stands out. Really, two of them. The road win at Tulane, top 25 team, and a home win against a pretty solid Georgia team or a Georgia Tech team. And then you've got the home win against LSU and a home win against A&M and a road win against Auburn, common opponent, and Ole Miss beat Auburn by more than Georgia beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. In the same venue. And they've also played Alabama. Yeah, uh, to this point. That Missouri win's really impressive, though. I think that's going to really hold up for Georgia over time. I think Missouri's going to win again this weekend, too. But, uh, I mean, remember when you guys laughed at me at SEC Media Days for saying that Missouri could finish as high as second in the East? See, you, you keep saying things like, remember sort. when you guys like laughed at me? Or, and I, I think both of no us were like... You of it? Y'all were like, you, you, you were like, what? I mean, I wasn't like, what? Maybe Haydad. I, 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 I have no... I, what? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. 
I hear you. Sports Talk Mississippi just getting started with you. Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. We'll check in on the Ceasefire text line when we come back. Got a couple of guests coming your way this afternoon. Luke Johnson will join us to talk some Southern Miss football. Mark Wise will join us from the SEC Network to talk SEC basketball and more after this. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Luke Johnson joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line in about 20 minutes. Mark Wise from ESPN and the SEC Network will talk some SEC basketball with us to start the 4 o'clock hour. Looking forward to those. Again, all guests on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Buddy in Iberville on the C Spire text line. This is Buddy. Hi, Buddy. Are you guys forgetting that the second poll is coming out tonight after you get off the radio at 6 p.m. on oh. ESPN. We, we're we not forgetting that, buddy. Week two of the college football playoff poll. I think these take a little bit more significance each week. For sure. As results continue to shape the rankings. Next week's poll will be more important and more significant than this week's poll. This week's poll is maybe a little more significant than the initial poll was. Ultimately, the only one that matters is the last one, the one that comes out, what, on uh, Sunday after the championship games are held on Saturday, and we know who's going to the playoffs and who's going to what bowls. But no, we haven't forgotten about that, buddy. We're, We're only one segment into the show. We might even... We, we might even have had a homework assignment from Michael Borky where we are going to predict what the top 15 looks like. Maybe. Frankly, like the whole 10 shouldn't move. I mean, there really shouldn't be any movement. Yeah. I think the only movement that I would have in the top 10, and I know we'll get to this later, is the same movement that... I would have had a week ago because I didn't think the initial poll was right with 9 and 10. I think I would put Ole Miss one spot ahead of Penn State. I think I'd have Ole Miss at 9 and Penn State at 10. Who's going to have a chance? This weekend, yeah. we always get it in college football. I mean, we talk about what if, you know, what if Florida State runs through the ACC and Texas and Oklahoma, the winner of that doesn't suffer another loss and Ohio State and Michigan doesn't suffer another loss and why, you know, that never happens. It never goes down like that. Yeah, stuff's going to happen. And this weekend is a prime, prime weekend for stuff to happen. So the biggest opportunity for teams that are in currently the top 10 or the top 15 of the college playoff poll. Oh, shoot, I'm on basketball. We're not ready for basketball polls quite yet. Got it on your brain, though. Um, 
Let's see here. CFP ranking. Sorry, I was just trying to get to it. So, clearly, Penn State has an opportunity. Okay, it wasn't. Penn State was actually one spot behind Ole Miss. Ole Miss it was Oklahoma that was at nine. That's right. So they'll drop. They're, they're going to drop. So in terms of teams that were, are going to be in the top ten tonight, maybe the biggest opportunity for a jump lies with Ole Miss, who plays Georgia this weekend. Hey, Dad, how high would you push Ole Miss if they won on Saturday night in Athens? <laughs> and they'd be in the top five. They would be the highest-ranked one-loss team for you. No, they would. They I would put out because what I have coming up, I I I don't know. I think they'd be behind Alabama. Ooh, lost to Alabama, but win over Georgia. Alabama would have a loss to Texas, but a win over Ole Miss, which would be the best win on their resume. At that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you have them ahead of Oregon? Yes. Really? They go to Athens and win? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go to Athens and win? We talked about this a little bit this morning, and some MSU fans might get mad. They might call this blasphemy, but this is Ole Miss's 1986 to 6-3 game for State. This is a chance to play the two-time defending national cha- two-time reigning national champion who are on a 28-game winning streak, I believe, which is close to what Alabama was in 1980. State got the win that day, and it's the most legendary win in school history. I don't know if this would be the most legendary win in Ole Miss history. I don't know that it has that because it doesn't guarantee them even a spot in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. But it elevates Ole Miss big time if they win this game. Would you have them ahead of undefeated Washington? I would not. Would you have them ahead of undefeated Florida State? I would not. Clearly, they would be ahead of one loss Georgia because they won head to head against them. Correct. You, 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 you really just need to ask me for my top fifteen because I have something in there that that would make sense. I understand. When we get to that. I understand. Yeah. And I mean the that that's what makes somebody on the text line just is a daily listener. Clearly, because they they know I love names. Separation Saturday. I mean, you've got on the heels of Statement Saturday presented by a company that's a rival of Polk's. Well, forget them. Not mentioning them. Separation Saturday. Nobody, That's nobody right. cares about them. Presented by Polks. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I mean, Michigan at Penn State, man. That would be a hilarious loss, by the way. All this stuff going on, they go to Penn State and lose after they get exposed for sign stealing. That would be funny. But, I mean... Maybe it should be sponsored by Hoover or Dyson after the news we've learned today. Don't overlook it. It's a big spread, but, I mean... Crazier things have happened than Miami going to Tallahassee and winning that game. That that that's possible. Crazier things have happened than a Kyle Whittingham coached Utah team going to Washington with how they've played played lately and beating Washington. Crazier things have happened than Texas going to TCU and losing. I know TCU hasn't been great this year, but still. Yeah. I mean, Kansas State should have won that game. God bless them. They should have won that game on Saturday. Texas is vulnerable. Oregon's vulnerable. Caleb Williams is still on the other side of the field. I know their defense is literally the worst in college football. But anytime Caleb Williams is on your team, you have a shot. Yeah. There's a real chance for just absolute chaos. All right, two questions, two good questions. 
from the same person on the C Spire text line. Would Ole Miss beating Georgia be the best win of any team in college football this year? Yes. Ooh, yes. Is it better than is it better than Washington beating Oregon? Washington wins at home. It was at home on the road. It was at home. Texas yeah. went to Tuscaloosa and, and won. Texas going to Tuscaloosa is is in there. Alabama it, beats Ole Miss, but that's at home. Yeah, if Penn State were to beat Michigan, it would be in. The, I don't know if it's the best. Like that's at hands home. down. Oh, that's right. It is in Happy Valley, isn't it? It's a Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, I think there certainly would be an argument, and and without question, you, it would be one of the two or three best wins in college football this um, this year. The other question: How much does the UGA linebacker injury help Ole Miss? So that happened this past weekend. Uh, a broken forearm for Jamon Dumas Johnson. He was the third leading tackler for Georgia. 34 tackles on the year. Five and a half tackles for loss. Three and a half sacks. Two pass breakups. A quarterback hurry. He's our best linebacker. So... I mean, would be the equivalent if Ole Miss was getting ready to play Mississippi State and um, Bookie Watson broke his arm in the game before and couldn't play. Yeah. It's the equivalent of, what, Dallas Turner breaking his arm before Alabama plays a big game the next week? Yeah. So I mean, that, that, that's what it is. So, yeah, it's a, that's a big deal. Um. Let's see here. Obviously, Ole Miss won't be in the SEC championship game, but if they finished 11 and one with a big win over Georgia, would they get into the playoff? CC, you just can't answer that question now because you don't know what else is going to happen. You, you need chaos to ensue. You probably would need Florida State to lose in the ACC championship game. Um. You need the combination of Washington and Oregon to beat up on each other a little bit. Like Washington to lose before the championship game, and then Oregon to beat Washington, but maybe Oregon slips up and loses to Southern Cal. Like a couple of losses out there. You need Texas not to run the table. I mean, in a chaos situation, there's a possibility. But what you are suggesting is in a year where people have said all season long that the SEC is down, the SEC still gets two teams in the college football playoff. So that's what you're asking to have happen. Uh, We'll get more of your comments on the C Spire text line coming up a little bit later this afternoon. 601-879-4395. When we come back, we'll go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Luke Johnson will join us. And I'm excited to have Luke on because Luke gets to talk about a win. And it's been a while since Luke has been able to talk about a win for Southern Miss, but that's exactly what they got this past weekend. Talk about the win and whether or not they can build on that as they get ready to hit the road to take on Louisiana here in a couple of days. We're back after this on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't forget that the uh, C Spire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. This one, this one made me laugh. Ricky in Aberdeen said, Hey guys, from a Rebel fan, I'm afraid if Ole Miss does beat Georgia that Mississippi State will get us in the Egg Bowl. To which Brian Haydad responded, Let me put your mind at ease. <laughs> Hey, Dad, you can't concede the Egg Bowl yet. It's, it's, it's too soon. Oh, no, no. We, we are fully in acceptance phase over here, buddy. Yeah, but, but that, that's not... You're going to have We've to... We've gone through all the stages. You're going to have to yeah. dig yourself out of that hole in two weeks because that'd be bad radio oh, no. if you just oh, do no. that. My Mississippi State fan neighbor who I talk to often mm-hmm. uh, on my run today stopped me to let me know that he hopes Ole Miss beats Mississippi State by 100 to, quote, Guarantee somebody else comes here. So um, that's kind of. You know, hey, Dad, if I'm being truthful, I'm kind of like Borky's Mississippi State neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the Rebels be. win it by 102. Luke Johnson, co host of the Eagle Hour, joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We really should call it like the Farm Bureau family line when Luke joins us because he is here so often. Luke! Family. Golden Eagles got a win on Saturday night. Congratulations. Yeah, we got a win. I mean, it was it's exciting from every home win. Uh, another exciting game from Frank Gore Jr. And, you know, this is one of those weeks where uh, with a Thursday game, you just hope, you know, that you can carry the momentum yeah. because everything turns around super fast. And I think that, you know, the Golden Eagles' chances on Thursday night may be helped because because uh, you come out of two less days for momentum, you know, to, to subside. So, but yeah, Saturday was was really exciting. Seventeen points in the first quarter, and defense played extremely well. And you did what you needed to do to uh, to, to win. And that's all you can ask for, right? It was a game on the schedule, and it was a conference game on the schedule. One that we certainly circled at the beginning of the year, but uh, we've learned not to take anything for granted this season. And yeah, second win of the season for the Golden Eagles. I thought the the offensive numbers overall were good. Like there was there was nice balance there. Uh, Hundred what two oh six on the ground, two thirty eight through the uh, through the air. Basically four fifty total offense. I, I thought that was good. But I want to go where you went a second ago. Frank Gore, welcome to the party. Two weeks in a row where he looks like the guy that we thought he was going to be all season long. Why did it take so long? What's different? Um, I think the 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 change uh, that where Will handed it over to Jordy and and Sam, you you see the middle and and the sides really opening up because of how else they're attacking the offense. I mean, in the App State or the defense in the App State game, you know they just went vertical and then and then they started spreading the uh, the the attack to the sides, and what that does is it opens up the middle because you just can't you know stay in there and as well as they've been able to get Frank on the edge a lot more. And um, yeah, I mean, you look at what he did guys through the first uh, seven games, 434 yards, four touchdowns, 
The last two weeks, 378 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so he has almost put out his entire output for the season, or half his output for the season, in uh, in the last two weeks. Take me a little deeper. Will Hall decided to give up play calling ability. He, he thought that it was too much. His team needed a spark. It seems to have worked. Two better offensive performances in a row. I, I know it was a loss at Appalachian State, and then the uh, the win this past week. I, explain to me what's different. How it, how it looks different. Um, we, we talked to Will Monday. He was sitting in on a remote with us, and you know I, I think. The decision has allowed him, he said, to, to be a better head coach. Um, at practice, he's noticeably not around the offense. Um, he's, uh, he's keyed in a, a lot more on defense and special teams. And the last two weeks, special teams have played uh, crazy good. I mean, you had, you did have a miss, you had a missed field goal at app that, that hurt you. But as far as coverage and, and blocking and such, uh, it's better. But yeah, I, I just think it's, it's freed him up. To, to some of the minutia that you have to do as a head coach um, and as part as not being in charge of an entire game plan while being in charge of the entire game plan altogether. Yeah. I think it's really freed him up and, and helped him. Does there appear to be um, a confidence that, that all of a sudden is bubbling? I mean, I, I think back to a, a couple of years ago where it was so bad, you know, for much of the season, and then back-to-back wins at the end of the year, and teams started kind of believing, and they carried that momentum into into last season. Is there a scenario where that's unfolding here at the end of this year? Yeah, I mean, I think they've always believed in the sense we 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 talked about South Alabama, just flushed that one. But what I saw, you know, in person at App State was a team that that believed in a game plan, that believed in a head coach, and. Even after this past week, after the win, I mean, there there is no there has been no nick in the trust and you know in the armor of, of their trust in Will Hall and what he's selling. I mean, the player players talk about it all the time, um, and so I think that that does give them a chance, particularly this week, and we can talk about Louisiana some Southern Miss a ten point underdog, but man, they have a chance in this one. Visiting with uh, Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Southern Miss basketball got the uh, season started with a win last night. Uh, appeared as if it was the Austin Crowley show. Yeah, he, he uh, scored 19 and had double-double, got 10 rebounds. and Yeah, they, they're they guard heavy. They they lost a, a big on the inside. They still have another big, uh, Tegra Eze. Um, but they're going to ride you know the outside shooting and, and the perimeter shooting and um, some of the uh, the mid range stuff. That's what the, this team's going to find their their mo in. Yeah, but got underway last night. Uh, beat William Carey. Played a real fun game against Mississippi State for the for the charity game for the tornado victims uh, in in the north part of the state. And uh, I think it's going to be a team that's really exciting to watch. Season tickets are up, and uh, Jay, Jay Ladner um, looks to to possibly put his best team out there. I do want to go back to football. I just I did want to get a, a basketball mention in there before we uh, moved on any farther. So looking ahead to this game Thursday night with uh, with Louisiana, this was one of the ones when the transition to the Sun Belt Conference happened, where we were, where we were like, yeah, really really like this uh, regional proximity, good programs, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you see going into this game on, on Thursday night at 6.30 on ESPNU with the Raging Cajuns? So as far as 
as Louisiana is concerned, they're three and three in their last six games. They've just kind of been up and down. They they lost to Minnesota. They beat Texas State. They lost to Georgia State. They beat South Alabama. Then last week up in Jonesboro, man, they got popped in the mouth. They got to be thirty-seven to seventeen by Arkansas State, and really where everything shifted for them, their quarterback Zion Chris uh, possibly broke a broke a, a, a leg bone, and he is probably out for the remainder of the year. He was their backup quarterback, and statistically, he was their second leading rusher. And so they're going to number three on the depth chart this week, a guy named Chandler Fields, who actually started last year, got injured, and then then was replaced, and he's been third on the depth chart this whole year. We talked to Jay Walker, uh, play-by-play voice for the Cajuns today, and Chandler is a better thrower, but uh, he takes away kind of that, that dual threat that Chris had, and so... You know, the Golden Eagles may be actually for the first time in the Will Hart era facing a team that has its own quarterback issues. It's nice for uh, nice for a change. Let's see if we get time to squeeze this in. You know, we do uh, we do two questions on Fridays where Michael Borky asks the questions about Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and the questions never change. Let me throw these at you. Southern Miss absolutely must do what if they are going to win the game against the Cajuns on Thursday night? Um. It, it's it's really simple. It is get off to a fast start again. Okay. Where they have lost games, they have dug a hole early in the game, where even though they've been into it, I mean, I, I will say it again, over and over again, two and seven, four of those games, you were driving to tie it or win it, the last offensive uh, drive of the game. So start off and don't dig yourself in a hole that you don't have to overcome late in the game. And then on defense, it's just don't give up explosive plays, particularly in a secondary they backed off some of the man coverage and played more zones, kind of try to help out the youth and inexperience in the secondary, and that's what it's going to be, limit limit the Cajuns defensive, or, uh, offensively to, to no explosive plays. Luke, you're not playing the game right. You didn't let me ask the second question before you gave the second answer. Southern Miss absolutely cannot do what if they're going to win. I think you just told us, can't give up big plays in the secondary. You said you were trying to squeeze it in, so I just squeezed it in there. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, like, it's two questions, not one question with a comma and or a comma but in the middle let me end with this uh frank gore jr on saturday passed up talk about two good running backs in golden eagle lore passed up Derek nix and ben gogo gary for third all time behind Edo smith and damian fletcher and wow. career rushing yards well that's uh that's big time uh luke always appreciate your time great catching up this afternoon and uh we'll talk soon thursday night hopefully it'll be fun i got see you later Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We will wrap up the first hour of the show with you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. I 
Joe and Quitman, C Spire text line. Luke, USM to the top. Remember, this season is still better than the zero win season under EJ. Uh, Bradley and Marietta says, no worries, Luke. You've got an SEC road win coming up. (laughs) I haven't conceded that one. David says, is USM-MSU going to be a pillow fight? What will the line be for that game? What happens this weekend? Yeah, let me, let me, let me look at this weekend. But right, if I had to pick right now, it's tough to pick State as a big favorite. Kind of like going back to what we did or what I did last week on the fishy line with South Carolina and Jacksonville State. Mm-hmm. Is State good enough to be a, a two-touchdown favorite over anybody right now? And so we'll, probably state ten and a half, and you know, uh, despite the the season that they've had, you will get a highly motivated Southern Miss team. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's pretend the odds makers are right. Mississippi State goes over to College Station and loses by three touchdowns. You, you, you're going to get a highly motivated Mississippi State team that night in front of no chance, no chance, thirty thousand people. No chance of that. By the way, we kind of nailed last week guessing the opening line for Ole Miss Georgia. What was it, Borky? You yeah. said twelve and a half. I said eleven and a half, and Haydad said ten and a half. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And it settled right there at eleven and a half, eleven something like that. So we were we were on that one. Um, sometimes we know what we're doing. Sometimes. Sometimes. State winning the Egg Bowl is like the most Egg Bowl thing that could happen. That's from Jason in Macomb. I was thinking about this is the first time, you know, in quite a while that state's been a big underdog coming into the game. Now, last time that happened, state won. That was 09. But I don't, very, very different seasons. State was a dog last year, weren't they? They weren't a big dog, though. Was I'm it about like touchdown? a big underdog. Or was it less than yeah, that? Like four and a half or something like that? I think it was like six and a half, something like that. What would the Egg Bowl line be today? 17. Seventeen and a half, something like that. Yeah. Could you lay that many points in that game? Wouldn't it be funny if I did and came on here Friday morning just super thrilled because I won a thousand dollars or something? That would be. Uh... I, was, I was yelling, running up in the press box. Mm. I had the over too. Uh, let's give you a chance to win. The Summer of 99 Tour with Creed and Daughtry is coming to Brandon a while from now. It's next September. But this is one of those hot concerts, and you got to plan ahead. So it's coming next September. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and the Brandon Amphitheater box office. Now is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Creed and Daughtry. Be the 320... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, hey, we got Borky. a guest coming up, possibly a long-form guest. What's crazy is yesterday, I mean, what what was the number? 12. 12. Five, 12, yeah. We probably got 320 submissions after you asked for 12. I mean, that did you see the text line yesterday? I did. For like 15 minutes, it just kept rolling in. I, uh, I absolutely did. But we're going to make it uh, easy on Borky today. Be the 11th person. 11th to text the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395 with the key phrase Daughtry to win a pair of tickets. Key phrase is Daughtry. I said yesterday you have to spell it right. You have to spell it right today. 
D-A-U-G-H-T-R-Y, Daughtry. 11th person to correctly spell it. That's your keyword. Pair of tickets to Creed and Daughtry next September oh. for the Summer of 99 tour at the Brandon Amphitheater. Yes? Hey, Dan? We have, we have three texts, but one of them is misspelled. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty. Daughter is not qualifier. getting the job done. That is quite the qualifier. I stuck on it there at the uh, at the last. You, you spelling it, I think, saved some people. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, maybe I should. Oh, daughter, daughter, we got a daughter. Nope. that's nope. intentional. No good. Don't you no think? good. Don't call. Get back me in, daughter. I, I, different band. I'm saying that. Not fair too. It's a different uh, band there, though. Is that it, Borky? We, We're close. We got to be getting close here. Mm, that's well, an extra e. We, we, I think we got it now. Okay. All right. I'm going to give it to you, Chuck. Uh, Chuck, you are number 11. Congratulations, Chuck. Chuck or Charles? There you go, Chuck. Charles, but I'm calling him Chuck. All right, Chucky. Hope you don't mind being called Chucky Poor there, Charles. Poor Charles like, oh, I didn't win, and then he finds out, no, wait, I, that's me. That's me. They just Because Borky decided to give him a new name. Chose not to call me by my name. Um, well, he was drunk. I was they thinking that. Got out of prison. Go ahead. Keep going. No, nah, no. Nah, nah, and nah. I went to pick her up. Pick her up in the rain. Oh, goodness. Hey, tomorrow, Middays with Gerard Gibbert will be live at the two Mississippi museums. I guess he'll only be at one of them, but collectively they are the two Mississippi museums. Uh, that's uh, tomorrow, Thursday, for their annual <laughs> Veterans Day ceremony. What if he did half the show at one and half the show at the other? That'd be great. That would be pretty sick. For more info on how Mississippi is honoring our veterans, go to mdah.ms.gov. That's mdah.ms.gov. Middays with Gerard tomorrow from the two Mississippi museums. Four o'clock hour. Mark Wise to lead us off. Coming up next. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV on this Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Talk some SEC basketball. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Mike, uh, Mike, what am I doing? Mark Wise from uh, the SEC Network and ESPN joins us to talk some hoops. That was a short interview. He's going to hang up on me right now. Hello, Mike. (laughs) Hi, Bob. How's it going? Great. Mark, what's up, my man? I know you are excited about the start of basketball season. Ton of SEC action Last night, got a couple of games coming up tonight as well. Give us a, uh, a two-minute or less big-picture primer on SEC basketball 23-24. Well, how about not only SEC basketball, but maybe across the landscape? And I'll, I'll answer that question this way. Around the 1st of October, I thought, you know, I better get my head around all these transfers. And so I went to each school in the SEC and started listing the transfers. And then I thought, uh, I better, I don't know all these people. I need to watch video on these people. I didn't realize then that it would take a month mm. to get through that process. 
Um, everybody has three, four, five transfers. I think the only team in the league that has fewer than three is Texas A&M, and I'm talking about from last year to this year. Uh, so that's the first primer is all kinds of new faces, a couple of names that you better get to know. Uh, Dalton Connect at Tennessee, the transfer from Northern Colorado. Grant Nelson, the transfer from North Dakota State, six foot ten at Alabama. Uh, those are a couple of names that kind of jump out at me early. And you know that's interesting that that you start there because you mentioned two names from programs that are not on anybody's radar. Right, but if you follow college basketball, have been good programs and good programs because they have a star player or two. But that's where we are in college basketball and college sports in general right now, right? I mean, if you have a a breakout standout season at an off the radar school, you're about to get a chance to go play at a at a big time place. Yeah, and and I've seen it, Richard, and you have too. It's gone both ways. I've seen transfers playing up quote-unquote, mm-hmm. uh, that has really thrived. And then I've seen those that have struggled. Um, and then, and then of course, you've got the interesting transfers like the Alex Flanagan who goes from Auburn to Ole Miss. Now, you know, I get it. His dad's on the staff, so that makes sense. But Miles Studi goes from Vanderbilt to South Carolina. Um, so it's just the, the day and age that we're living in. I'm going to give you a new term that you're going to see if you work with me this year or when you work with me this year. It's newbies, because that's the combination of transfers and freshmen, and I think that's going to catch on, because everybody's got six, seven new faces when you throw those two together. Yeah. Was there anything that stood out for you last night, uh, a night that had, what, 11, 12 teams in the SEC opening their season? Yeah, I worked the the Florida game last night, and it's more like, you, you know, Florida had Colin Castleton in the middle last year until he got hurt. Uh, and the only knock on Castleton really in his game is he had no outside. He, he couldn't bring any bigs away from the basket, um, kind of next-level stuff. Well, Florida's two five-men last night both made two threes. Mm. Uh, this is the way Todd Golden played at San Francisco. He loves the stretch four, stretch five mentality. So much more San Francisco-like. And then they've got a probably a first-rounder uh, in terms of Riley Kugel who comes back from his sophomore year. Now, when I look around the league, there's a couple of things that jumped out at me from last night. Um, some of it is similar. Some of it is quite different. <clears throat> I'll start with the similar part. Missouri made 12 of 33s. Ho-hum. That's the way they play now. Yep. Six different players made a three in that game. That's the way they play. But how about if I told you this? How about if I told you Kentucky took more three-point attempts than Alabama did last night in their opening game. You would surprise me there, because not only has Kentucky not shot nearly as many, they have not made threes at a very high clip over the last few years. Yeah, that's been the challenge, I think, for Cal, is kind of wrapping his arms around the three-point analytics. Uh, he brought in a, a, a new assistant coach, John Welch, that has plenty of NBA experience, and I think that you're going to see them shoot more threes. Um, and that's, by the way, the number of threes they took last night, 29, that was 44% of their shots. Last year, 30% of their shots were from beyond the arc. Uh, Alabama only took 23, but made it an efficient 10 last night. So that's more Alabama-like. But we're used to seeing Alabama shoot 30, 31, 32. I don't know. We'll, We'll wait and see. 
Arkansas was led in scoring by two transfers last night. Khalif mm-hmm. Battle from from uh, Temple and Tremon Mark from Houston. Um, Brazil returned. And speaking of returning, probably the biggest story for me last night in the league was Zakai Ziegler getting on the floor for Tennessee. Remember, he hurt his knee light, late in the season last year. Yeah. He only played 12 minutes, but just the fact that they have uh, him back it is quite a boost to their roster. I think Tennessee's backcourt with Ziegler, A&M's backcourt with Wade Taylor the fourth, who was sensational again last night, and Tyrese Radford. Uh, I, I would pay to see that matchup. I don't remember the details on Ziegler's injury. I know it was season injury, uh, season ending. Was it a full ACL tear? Because that seems like yeah. an awfully fast return to go. What February, oh, January at yeah. most to to October, November? Yeah, yeah. That, there's no question. It's it's kind of um, one of those uh, medical marvel kind of things that yeah. he was back on the court so soon. Um, so. Um, Kudos to the Tennessee staff, kudos to Ziegler, and I'm talking about the medical staff, the strength and training, the, all that, that goes into rehab uh, to get him back on the court so soon. Um, I had, and when, when I had to choose in the media, as, as I'm sure you did, when I had to make my picks, I took A&M 1 and Tennessee 2 because I didn't know about Ziegler's return. And at the, at the same point in time, uh, Julius Marbles are away from the team right now for A&M, one of their two bigs in a university process, quote-unquote, whatever that means. Mm. If I had known those two things were going to happen, I would have had Tennessee number one, too. But I love, I mean, I love Wade Taylor the fourth. Yeah. I, mean, he, I think he's got, I think he, he is so good in, uh, for our game and in our game. So... The mix on that roster with A&M is really good. Buzz Williams, maybe he's your speed, maybe he's not your speed, but he is a proven winner as a head coach. The thing that the last two years has held Texas A&M back, two years ago kept him out of the tournament, last year probably hurt their seeding in the tournament, was that December swoon, right? They win their yeah. first few games, and then it's like they just go in the tank in December and then have to kind of refine themselves and dig themselves out of the hole how do they avoid that this year? Are, are they a veteran enough team that they can can play through that? Well, I, I think they better be because I absolutely love their non-conference schedule. Um, and, and when you take a – I mean, he has really challenged them with some games, and I'm, I'm looking at their early conference schedule. They're at Ohio State – by the way, they're at Ohio State Friday night. There's a great slate of games Friday night in the league. They go to SMU. So they play three, two true road games then go to Virginia later in the month in the SEC-ACC Challenge and are at Houston. They've got four true road games coming up in the non-conference. Tell me who else in the country in the Power 5-6 is doing that. I can answer that for you. The, the, uh, no one. Uh, they play in the tournament in Orlando down here in Florida, and they probably will get FAU in the second round. Um, they've got Memphis on the home schedule, so it, it's, a, it's an attractive schedule but uh, like Florida found out last year, uh, when they played such an attractive schedule, you better win some of those games. And if you don't win some of those games, you get behind the eight ball. Now, the, the good thing for A&M last year is that, that they were so good in the league. I mean, 15-3, and right. three, I think, was their final record. Um, uh, just, a, just a marvelous 
season, went to the finals championship game of the uh, the SEC tournament. All right, so if you are listening and you're going, Richard, why have you not asked a single question about Mississippi State or Ole Miss? I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to twist Mark's arm. We're going to get him to hang through the break, and we're going to talk specifically about Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Mississippi State Ole Miss, if you prefer. After the break, just kind of wanted to lay the groundwork with big picture stuff in the SEC. Uh, Feast Week is just around the corner. It's like two and a half weeks, but ESPN calls it Feast Week. Uh, That is the time of year where we get a lot of the tournaments, right? We get the Maui Invitational, and we get the Charleston Tournament, and Myrtle Beach, and Disney-wide. All of these tournaments all over the place. Give me one or two of those, Mark, that you are looking forward to. we got about 45 seconds until the break. Well, I think it's really easy because I think the two best in terms of a quality field are on uh, opposite sides of the sphere in terms of uh, location. I think the Maui is loaded this year and the Battle for Atlantis. I mean, I mean both of those are, are must-see TV. And the good thing about the Maui is you can watch it, you know, during the day, at night. Um, it, it's all over the map. So um, those two stand out to me all right. without question. Sounds good. So uh, a lot of basketball coming your way in a short amount of time. Uh, I was uh, Mark is nice enough or Mike, if you prefer, to uh, spend just a couple more minutes with us. We'll talk some Mississippi State and Chris Jans. We'll talk some Ole Miss and Chris Beard when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We are continuing the basketball conversation with Mark Wise. Last night, the opening night of college basketball, and almost everybody in the SEC got their season started. You've got uh, Auburn playing Baylor tonight. and Big then, game. Oh, That's that, a big game. Yeah. Opportunity for Auburn right out of the gate. No question for both teams. I think maybe both teams are a little undervalued right now. So let's bring it to the uh, to the state of Mississippi, Mark. Let's start in Starkville, where Chris Jans comes back for season number two. He coached and got every ounce of everything out of that team a year ago. Mississippi State, an NCAA tournament team in year one under Chris Jans. He's a heck of a basketball coach. Um, they needed to add pieces that would allow them to be a better shooting team. They did not shoot the three well a season ago. You're they, being kind. I am. Uh, they do have one of the best players in the SEC returning, but Tolo Smith's out for a while. What do you make yeah. of Mississippi State and Chris Chance? You know, i got to tell you, uh, Richard, that uh, I'm going to be curious to watch them tomorrow night against Arizona State. That game is in Chicago uh, because I want to see what they're going to do uh, uh, in the absence of Tolu Smith. And it's my understanding he won't be back until maybe mid-January. Yeah, uh, that's a huge loss. Fifteen point seven points a game, eight and a half boards a game. They've got all the pieces around him. Um, there's no question they were kind of built around him last year. They were painful to watch at times offensively, and and I'm saying the same thing Chris Jans says, uh, and I say that comfortably because I had them um, 
maybe five times last year. I think I lettered in Starkville last year. <laughs> so um, that being said, um, the fact that he got that team into the tournament, um, uh, such a, a dramatic turnaround in terms of the way they played. So I love all the pieces. I mean, when, when you talk about Moore and Jeffries and Matthews and Davis and Murphy and Jones, I mean, they've got a lot of the pieces, but I've got to see how they're going to do without the big guys. What do you make of Chris Jans, the, the coach? Obviously has won at, at multiple places. Right. To, to take the pieces that you just referenced a second ago and turn that into a tournament team in, in year one, I, I don't want to call it miracle work, but it wasn't far from it. Yeah. Um, normally, and Richard, you worked with me enough to know I'm an offensive guy. Coaches talk to you and you ask them what you have to do to win. We have to defend and rebound, defend and rebound. No, you don't. you got to be able to make shots. And the fact that that team couldn't make shots. Um, they defended and, and rebounded, and though. They defended and rebounded, no question about that. And so well, the, um, they, they are built that way. As a matter of fact, I think both Mississippi teams are going to be built that way uh, with Chris Beard now in Oxford. So the, the ground floor for both of these programs is going to be defense, and they're going to try to work their way to being better offensively. All right, so you mentioned Chris Beard, uh, first year at Ole Miss, uh, accomplished everywhere he has been. You want to go back to Little Rock, he won there, he won at Texas Tech. If he had stuck at UNLV, he would have won there, uh, and obviously was winning at Texas before the the sudden change in his career. That conversation seems to have settled, and uh, he's just kind of come to Oxford and gone to work. Maybe maybe start with big-picture thoughts on Chris Beard, the coach. Well, there's no question. His resume is as good as anybody's in terms of the number of years that he has been a head coach. Uh, I think he gets his – they have a great gap concept defensively. Uh, they simply do not allow you to get feet in the paint. Um, they are analytically driven on the offensive end. I think uh, you'll see them take a lot of threes. I think they took 29 last night. Uh, in that win, they only made seven. Now, I, I, I chuckle because the, uh, I read last night's recap and it said balanced scoring. Well, you're going to have balanced scoring when you shoot 37% and 24% and you miss 13 free throws because nobody's going to score a lot. Um, they'll have to correct that. But the, the nights that, you know, Morrell goes one for eight and Brakefield goes 0 for three from the arc in the league, Ole, Ole Miss, I don't care how good a defense you're going to play, you're going to lose. So that's going to be their challenge, I think, night in and night out. I love Alan Flanagan in terms of a physical offensive scoring threat. He's a little bit high risk at times. He'll have a high turnover uh, total uh, by the end of the year. I got to tell you, Richard, I-, I think I had Ole Miss three times last year. I think Brakefield had at least 15 every night. Mm. And I saw where he really struggled last night. I'm telling you, he needs the Dr. Wise to come to town because he- he'll score. I'm sure you'll make it uh, make your way to Oxford before too terribly long. Um, Ole Miss uh, sitting there waiting, hoping. I, I don't know how real the hope is in terms of uh, a couple of eligi- eligibility questions with the right. NCAA. You've been involved in coaching. Your, your son's been involved in coaching. When it gets to this point, the, the season has begun, and you're still waiting on news from the NCAA. Does there come to a point where you just give up on that and say, okay, this is what we got. We got to go play. 
I don't think you um, uh, give up on it, but it's front burner, fat back burner. And and the current team that you have, you have to put them on the front burner. And you, and the hope part that you mentioned, uh, you have to put that on the back burner. Does it still, you know, you'll always play around with, well, what if? What if they get eligible? But I don't think you're going to spend a lot of time in staff meetings, planning practice, game planning, scouting reports, based on those two guys. And they would make a big difference. There's no question about that. Murray's ability to score, uh, Cissé's ability to be a rim protector, uh, to go along with um, Sharp, uh, to spell him. So from that standpoint, they, they could really help them. But you, you, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, of two-time transfer waivers being denied, and we'll see where that goes. Like there's another one in the league. I think uh, LSU has – Jalen Cook, who has been denied, and now LSU is appealing that. So, yeah. uh, the, again, we're, this is the transfer world that we're living in. Yeah, and maybe you just hope for the North Carolina treatment where you, you trickle along for a little while and then all of a sudden there's yeah. a change of heart because you got the attorney general involved. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, Get Billis involved. Maybe that matters, right? Uh, he, he seems to swing a big stick with the NCAA. Uh, last thing. Um, in terms of people sometimes roll their eyes at the whole SEC, 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 everybody should cheer for everybody else. But in terms of non-conference play, shouldn't that be the mantra for every fan base? Because you need as many teams in the league to win as many games as they can in the non-conference because Ab- of net rankings and what it can do for your schedule once you get to league play? Absolutely. And here's the thing that I don't think people get. The only way that your net ranking improves once you get the league play is based on what you did in November and December. So you, the higher your base, quote-unquote, is in the net ranking as a league, the more opportunities you have to gain points in the net system. So from that standpoint, November and December is critical. I mean, everybody says that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows about resume building. Uh, there are two kinds of games in November and December, in my view. There's resume builders, resume protectors. So you play these these uh, uh, buy games. Like uh, Michigan State lost a resume protector last mm-hmm. night on opening night. Uh, you can't lose those, and you've got to win your share of the resume builders. You excited about the uh, from from a, a fan standpoint the SEC ACC challenge? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, it, it's kind of a new era. I, I, I personally did not like the January, um, um, late January SEC Big 12, only because of the timing of it. It, yeah. it just seems so odd and out of place. This is a much better fit, and by having it on in November on a Tuesday and Wednesday, I think you kind of gather the attention of the country on this challenge. And so, yeah, I think there are all kinds of – um, interesting, marvelous matchups. Um, you know, uh, Miami and Kentucky. I mean, those two have never played to my. I mean, when would they play if if you, if you don't arrange this? And Tennessee at North Carolina. I mean, there's just all kinds of good matchups that I'm really looking forward to. Mark, uh, a pleasure to catch up. I look forward to seeing you soon. I wish you a happy basketball season, and hope we can make this a regular thing during the year. That'd be great, Richard. If I don't see you, have a happy Thanksgiving. To you as well. Mark Wise, college basketball analyst with ESPN and the SEC Network, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team 
Mississippi Farm Bureau. Re- real quick before we go to break, we haven't talked a lot about the SEC-ACC challenge other than just looking at schedules. Mississippi State goes to Georgia Tech, so they'll play a game at McCamish. Ole Miss gets NC State and Oxford at the Pavilion. The the SEC Big 12 thing had been going on for a while. Kind of felt like it had run its course. You guys kind of jacked up about that and, and with it happening in November? It was definitely stale as the Big 12. So, yes, getting it early in the, in the non-conference portion of things is definitely better. Yeah. It'll never happen. I say never. A little more regional, too. Get, get me Duke here. That, that's what I want out of this deal. I mean, Duke's going to Fayetteville this time around. I mean, I, I love that they, they did that. They do a random that. draw. Well, that, that a would random be, draw. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, as opposed to Duke yeah. going to Lexington, they said Duke to Fayetteville. Yeah. That environment will be insane. It'll be fantastic, yeah. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Pick me up, love. Pick me up, love. Every day. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Dad, I got a surprise for you. So, earlier okay. today, um, I was on Gerard's show. You know, your, your buddy, your, your favorite Ole Miss guy, Gerard Gibbert. Yeah. Hey, he's giving you number the, the number one sign right now. Not not like the not like international relations not the one number I give one. You. Like the actual number <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so Gerard, oh, Gerard there? I heard his laugh. He, yes. he, he said, Hey, you've been on my show a bunch of times. Hey Dad's been on my show a bunch of times. When do I get to come on sports talk? I was like, Come on! Gotta reciprocate. So, so hit the camera. I think Borky's working on it. It's complicated. Right. We'll, we'll we'll get him on the screen and uh, so do you want me to just get out of the way and let the two of you just kind of like commiserate <laughs> and just handle it now love on each point. other. <laughs> now you talk about politics, though. When Gerard and I eventually become the first ever ticket to run together as governor and lieutenant governor, that's when this state's really going to turn around. Dang right, I'm all over that. There he is. Yeah. Uh, wait, which one is which? Are you going to be the, the governor or the no, lieutenant no, no. governor? He's number one. He's number one. I, he, I'm going to let him handle all that. Yeah. A lot of people that say lieutenant governor actually has more power. Uh, from a legislative perspective. Not in our administration. That's right. Not in our administration. <laughs> going to be like, I defer to the governor. I defer to the governor. I'm, I'm just, I, I, just, I just get the votes. I just make that happen. How he great, comes up with the policy. How great would it be to see... Hey, Dad, presiding over the state senate. That would be awesome. I mean, that'd I'd be, be awesome. Giving that gavel a workout. <laughs> Nobody would have ever handled the gavel the way Brian Haydad would handle that gavel. Order! I said order! Shut up! I demand order! You're not allowed to say it. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. This actually might have some merit. <laughs> we might be onto something here. It's just a common sense ticket, is all Exactly it is. right. I'm down. There we go. I'm at, so uh, the question, though, is uh, am I still, do I still rank as your favorite Ole Miss fan, Brian? 
I got to be honest, Gerard. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't your skybox that I got an invite to <laughs> the other day. Ooh. You know, I got to come in. I got to come in and see you and all. But well, you know what? I mean, today is an election day. I might have to look through the uh, the ballots, and we'll we'll see. I'll let you know. I promise no. I promise no chicanery in my elections. Chicanery, hundred percent accurate. <laughs> the anti-chicanery candidate, Brian Haydad. That's I right. love it. No uh. shenanigans when Brian Haydad's running. I love it. All right, so you're you're buying and selling companies and hosting radio shows and involved politically. You, you have enough room on your plate for some sports? Uh, sure, that's why I'm here. Uh, I had, you know, you guys have been on my well, show. You, you just wanted to regale us with your knowledge <laughs> no, and your expertise. Not negative. Uh, my my brain is like gray matter mush right now from uh, hosting today. No, it's a good big day in the state of Mississippi, as you know, with the, the elections underway. And uh, I'm hearing reports that lots of folks are voting. That's good. Yeah. So b- turn out. Hey, hear that? Hey, Dad. Good Big turnout. And we look forward to seeing what happens tonight. And, you know, the governor's race, of course, at the top of the ticket, the one that has, I think it's argued, uh, arguably accurate to say, garnered the most focus in the election. It's uh, certainly considered the most competitive. Without a doubt, it's the one where we've seen the most investment and the most ads. Yeah, but you know what? The truth of the matter is, Gerard, nobody that's listening to this show cares about that right now. I know they don't. So, so, so if, if you're going to join us on right, Sports Talk, one of the guys hosting the show doesn't care about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> Michael Borky, let's, um, let's welcome Gerard <laughs> with the world-famous two questions. Okay. Oh, we're a two-questioner in everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, all right. it, it's our thing. Wow. It is our it thing. It doesn't have any theme music. It doesn't have an open. Nobody cares it, enough we, for that. that that's but thing. here we go. If you have to gimmick up the segment with theme music and all that kind of crap, it, it, <laughs> it takes has the, earned it, it at this it point. It lessens the value. If Ole Miss is to beat Georgia <laughs> yeah. on Saturday in Athens, a cold day, by the way. I don't know if you looked at the weather. Cold, possibly rainy. They absolutely must do what? You mean to uh, to win the game? If they're going to win the game, what is that? The the one thing that they absolutely must do above all else? Stop Georgia. I don't know. I mean, I he's going to do the whole uh, score more points. No, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, having watched the team all year, uh, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind is is uh, don't commit so many penalties. That that has plagued the team a bit. I would say certainly did last week. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where you guys are going with this. I mean, I have to think about that. I haven't really studied Georgia that much, other than He's to know. He's so analytical. They're so strong on both sides of the ball. Yeah, so you know, to... penalties—that's a real thing for this old Miss offense. I mean, if if you're going to go win a game at Georgia, yeah. You have to be really good. You have to stay on schedule, right? That's the thing that coaches talk about. Got to stay on schedule. Got to stay on schedule. Yeah. Second and seven's more valuable than first and twenty, okay. right? So they they can't have a successful first down play that ends with a flag and it's first and twenty as opposed to second and five. They, so they can't have that happen. So oh, George, difficult to overcome against that defense. Agree, Ger- Gerard. The the genesis of this exercise. We we spend all week during football season breaking down, talking about, looking at the games and the matchups, and we're like, okay, how do we put a bow on this on Friday? So this is something we do on Friday. Okay. We do it for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and the two questions are, 
team A or team B absolutely must do what if they are going to win? And then question two is absolutely cannot do what? Okay. So just we just thought we'd throw it at you and, yeah. and see. So how I don't know that this one is that much different than other games where I think the the level of talent of the team and the capability uh, of the both teams is I would say fairly equal. You have to give Georgia a bit of an edge because they're home and uh, maybe a little saltier in a position here or there, but. I don't feel like this is a game that Ole Miss goes into Athens and cannot compete in and get gets a break here and there and it yeah. goes their way and can win. I really do. I mean I, I don't when you look at sort of player for player, I think we match up actually pretty well. What has impressed me most of all about this team, uh, Richard, I know you've been watching closely as well, is the speed in the physicalness, if that's such a word, of the defense. I haven't seen that at Ole Miss in a while. Uh, I thought Texas A&M had a fantastic defense. I think most people consider their defensive line to be as good, if not the best in the country, arguably. And yep. they were uh, honestly manhandling our tackles a bit on those positions, our offensive tackles. I felt like they were putting enormous pressure uh, from the get-go. Um, but I felt like our team, our defense as well, very fast. It closes on the ball very fast, impressive, and they're very physical. I mean, it's not patty cake takedown tackles. It's very physical. And one of the differences from, from recent years is it feels like even when they haven't made plays, it's not because they haven't been in the right position or been where they're supposed to be at a uh, at a given time. Yeah. Gerard's stopping by. You can uh, catch his show from 10 to 1, middays with Gerard Gibbert. They'll yep. be talking plenty of post-election cool. stuff tomorrow. Uh, whether it's over or we're gearing up for uh, for another three weeks leading to a uh, runoff, which is what Brian Haydad is hoping for. He always roots for chaos. chaos. I do hey, root for chaos. Hey, by the way, ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Mike in Oxford, Haydad says that he wrote you in on his ballot today. Wow. He wrote, you, he, now? he wrote you in for sheriff of the junction. Do I get a badge? Sure. Badge for that. Apparently, they're all right. Bringing in some extra law enforcement, so there you I go. I can be the long arm of the law. <laughs> I would be a Buford Pusser type. I'd be walking around with a baseball bat and just be like, "Hey, quiet down." Yeah. At least for four years, and then you're going to trade that in for the gavel as lieutenant governor. Yeah, as lieutenant governor. That's right. Would you wear a, a suit? As Lieutenant Governor, hey, Dad, or would you continue to uh, operate in comfortable clothes? I might go full Fetterman on that one. And Fetterman just, uh, look. A sw- a sweatshirt and hoodie. You know, just. Hey, Dad, in a hoodie. You know? Be, Short. Yeah. Belichick. <laughs> Be- Bel- yeah, Bill Belichick exactly. In the yeah. My, my press conference would be like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like Fetterman. Right. A suggestion here that uh, Barney Fife with one bullet would be the uh, the way you were operating. Nip it in the bud. There you go. I can uh, get out there. Jeff and Grenada suggest that you might be a uh, a good dog catcher. No, no, you got to be fast on your feet for that. I got no, no, I can't do that. Now, one. if it was for cat catcher, hey, Dad's like the cat whisperer, so I can wrangle some, cats. You you have to wrangle. I'm a cat wrangler. <laughs> Uh, David in West Point says, strange to hear G-Man at this time of day, but welcome. Thank you, David. So, yep, appreciate that. Always uh, always good to see you and catch yep. up. So, 
No road trip for you this weekend. No, I'm staying back. Going to rest a little bit. Got some remotes uh, this week and next week. A uh, bit busy, shall we say. So I'm, I'm going to stay back. Hang, hang back. Prop, prop your feet up. Big television. Maybe yeah. get a fire going. There you go. 6 o'clock, right? 6 or 6.30. Game time. Can't remember. 6 o'clock. That's ESPN. Right. It's 6. Yeah. yeah. I was a little surprised. Were you surprised at the time and the network covering uh, the game? I was not, but I might have we had a little bit yesterday. of inside knowledge on that. Ah, so, um, CBS caps teams' appearances at like contractually at five times a year. Okay, this actually would have been Georgia's sixth. Wow! But it's because every school in the league has to appear on CBS once every three years. So their game against Vanderbilt did not count. Okay, and if you look at the schedule for next week, it's terrible. So they're going to put Georgia Tennessee on CBS next year, next week. So I mean, just thinking optimistically, we got to go. How Say does, it fast. Yeah. How does this change Ole Miss's trajectory? I know we got to go, but uh, something you can talk about next. Thanks a Tune lot. Tune in yeah. to find out. There you go. Sports <laughs> Talk Mississippi. Back after this. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk Mississippi. Bingo, man. Bingo. Super talk Mississippi. Hey, that Gerard told me as he was walking out to tell you that he was looking forward to 27. 27? Is that what you said? Yes, yes, 2027. That would be the next time that we will elect oh. a governor and a lieutenant governor in the state of Mississippi. You just, you just thought the attack ads were nasty this year, man. Wait, wait, till, wait till they get a load of me. I mean, if you're running for LG, I'm probably going to run against you. <laughs> I'll win. Oh, you think so? Enough, enough, enough Ole Miss fans like me more. <laughs> yes. Probably. Uh, uh, those debates would be incredible, though. Prob- Can you imagine? Probably a good point. <laughs> I might, hey, so I might this, look I want, at you. As, I wanted as, to share something with you. As opposed okay, to the moderator, yeah. I might look at you in the middle of the debate and be like, at no point. Did anything you say? <laughs> May God have mercy on yourself. So, I was just uh, messing around here. You know, I use this app that counts my calories, right? Yeah. I decided to put a full day's meal of the old brine into this app. You want to guess the total number of calories well, in a day? I want to, I want to know I was... what the old brine meal in a day was. Well, I want you to I want you just to just to give me a calorie count and then I'll tell you what it was. Tell me what you think I was doing basically seven days a week. All right, so you're gonna have to forgive me just for a second. Because I, I don't count calories. I'm not healthy like yeah, I should be. I, I don't know what the average daily intake okay. of calories should be. It varies, it varies based so, on exercise. You know, like the, yeah. the currently I am budgeted twenty two hundred forty five calories a day. I can add to that with exercise. Okay. So I'm going to say that your old intake, because I know how much sugar you intook through your Mm Coca-Cola consumption, I'm going to guess Mm -hmm. that you were somewhere between five and 6,000 calories a day. 6,505. Okay. All right. So breakfast, there was a Jack's next to my kid's high school. I'd go get a chicken biscuit, a bacon biscuit, and a large Coke. So 1,200 calories for breakfast. 
Okay. Brian Haydad was doing that. For lunch, I love Jersey Mike's. I would go get a, a giant Philly chicken and drink two 20-ounce Cokes with that. That's an 1,800-calorie lunch. Okay. For dinner, let's just say I went to McDonald's. I would get four double cheeseburgers and a large Coke. So there's another 2,000 calories there. And then you for would a or- snack, I'd get a Snick. What? You would order four double cheeseburgers? Oh, yeah, I could still get you four double cheeseburgers without batting an eyelash. Okay. Uh, and then for a snack, I would have, I like the little Jack Link's jalapeno beef and cheese. It's probably the healthiest thing I ate all day. It's only 140 calories. Uh, I would eat a Snickers, and then on top of all that, I'd have another five 20-ounce Cokes. That's another 1,500 calories worth of snacks. How am I alive? It really, it's a good question. It's a good question. I also, I also went back and did another meal that I would, I would eat from time to time, which so, was. So, how, how often would you do what you just described? Almost every day. Okay. I bet you have more money. Almost every also. day. I, I do. I do have a little more money right now. So, let's say we we're going to order pizza at my house, right? So I would eat a whole large all the meats pizza, an order of wings, half an order of che- or like four cheese sticks, and with a ranch and a uh, garlic butter to go with. That's 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 a that's a dang thirty six hundred calorie meal. That was almost every Friday. It's no wonder the weight dropped off quick at first. Yeah. All right, so surprised my body. I'm surprised I didn't die trying to lose weight. My body was like, "What are you doing?" So, so what's, what's going on? So now, a typical yeah. day for you is, yeah. Uh, well, to, at, to this point of the day, today I had a bowl of cereal, which was 192 calories, and we know it didn't have milk. For, uh, so. for, no milk, so no calories from from no liquid calories, you know, unless okay. it's beer. Uh I had a, a sandwich for lunch, so three pieces of white bread, uh, five ounces of of uh, thinly sliced chicken breast, and two pieces of cheese. That's a 467-calorie lunch. And then I did have a snack today. I had a Jack Link's jalapeno beef and cheddar and a strawberry protein meal bar, a total of 320 calories. I've got 2,000 calories left today. I've also walked four miles today and got about 13,000 steps in, so... So I have some I have some room on the uh, with the exercise and and so for dinner tonight you will have I have uh, some thinly sliced sliced strip steak it's like le- about 0.9 pounds worth of strip steak and uh, I got ten ounces of broccoli okay so like I have never been one that eats healthy. I should. I, I, I mean, I don't eat terrible, but I'm. It's not healthy, right? But like me going crazy. I mean, you guys remember? I had like a full confessional one day where I was like, "Guys, I need to admit, I ate five donuts this morning." Yeah, that was like a warm up snack for you. Yeah, brother, I'm so proud of you. So proud you. of you. Five o'clock yeah, just hour my coming attention up today. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's time to get real, real sports talk for Mississippi. 
It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Dwayne has been active on the ceasefire text line. Going back to the beginning of the 4 o'clock hour, he sent us, hey, wait, my mom got out of prison on a rainy day. And there are about four messages, and then he says, well, I'm depressed. I thought my joke about my mom getting out of the prison on the rainy day would get a chuckle out of at least one of you guys. It's one of the great songs of all time, though, Dwayne. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also mixed in here, uh, why is Richard in a jacket and a dress shirt? Looks like he might have had a tie on. Did he get another award? (laughs) No, no award. Uh, we've got election coverage tonight. I felt like you're supposed to... I don't know. Maybe that makes absolutely no sense. But I have not had a tie on. I have one. I might put one on at some point, Dwayne, but we'll see. You should get a hoodie and put it on. I, That's my look. I, I think I've got one in the car, actually. See? My change would be comfortable on the uh, the ride home. I do like, by the way, I was thinking about this last night because it's already happened in the NBA, but college basketball coaches not having to wear suits is honestly something that I I appreciate, I I like. It's funny you say that because I hate it. I just kind of, I always find it Like, dress up, you bums! You're coaching basketball. I don't know. It's it's sports, man. You're you're coaching. You're, You're like Chris Beard last night. What Essentially what he was doing was trying to organize a group of 18 to 22-year-olds to put a ball inside of a circle. Mm-hmm. What other traditions what? do you hate? I mean, um... Hmm. Kidding. Attack ads? I hate those. Oh, I'm glad those are going away. I really can't. I don't know why those bother me so bad. It's just I'm enjoying football. I'm hanging out. I've got a beer, and it's like, this candidate's the devil. Yeah, I saw him worshiping at the Satan house. You know, like, I can't stand that stuff. I saw something that I had not seen. (laughs) I had, um, rare. Why was this candidate at the Satan house? People want to know. Rare that I watch football on Sunday afternoon. You guys know that. But I was watching football on Sunday afternoon, was lying on the couch, and went to a commercial break, and there was like a two-and-a-half-minute-long movie trailer. I was like, is this ever going to... Like, it's longer than the trailer that they show in a theater. Just went on and on and on and on. And then they like went back to the game. I was like, okay, that's a new spin on a commercial break. But maybe that happens all the time. Yeah. You, you guys that watch... More football on Sundays than I do. Texter talks about a guy wearing uh, sweats. Uh, Dale Brown wore sweats uh, in the hump. He said he thought it was the most disrespectful thing. Don't remember the year. See, I also think that's wrong. I like the happy medium where guys are, are wearing quarter zips with the team logo on it. You know? Like, they, they've got... Like, wearing all sweats would also, I think, be bad. I like the happy medium. You look presentable, but you're. it's not like you're, you know, going to a wedding. You're coaching basketball. So you have three coaches in the SEC now that still wear a coat and tie on the sideline. Am I missing anyone? You've got Jerry Stackhouse, who dresses like he is leaving the gym and going to a GQ shoot every single basketball game. I would love to know his suit budget. Uh, You have Buzz Williams at Texas A&M. 
and you have... Does he wear a suit, or does he just wear a shirt and tie with the vest? No, no, he starts out with a jacket on. Okay. okay. And he is very, very particular about it, too. Mm-hmm. And um, at uh, at Missouri, what's the... His first-year head coach last year at Missouri. Help me out, please. This, you called his games, man. I know, a bunch of them. It's crazy <laughs> that I can't remember <laughs> So I'm like I don't Dennis Gates. Yeah, Dennis Gates. I think those are the only, now Cal still wears a sport coat sometimes, but I think those are the only three. Chris Jans occasionally still wears a sport coat. I'm, I'm I'm like thinking through it in my mind. I think those are the only three that still completely dress up for games, and I've asked all three of them about it. And in fact, with Dennis Gates, I was like, hey. You wear the exact same suit and tie every single game. Is that like superstition? He goes, no, it's my uniform. He wears a black suit with a white shirt and a gold tie every single game. I said, so do you have like seven of that tie and you just rotate through them? And he looked at me and he goes, no. Okay. Um Jerry Sounded Stackhouse. like a fun conversation. Jerry Stackhouse, different. Stackhouse says, for me, he said, this is how I honor my college coach, Dean Smith. Dean Smith never would have worn a tracksuit on the sideline. I'm not going to either. Period. Fair He's enough. got the money. Fair enough. Buzz Williams, different deal. He says, my job is to teach these young men that there is more to life after college. Everything we do is with a purpose. He said, why am I going to dress like a bum on the sidelines and show them that, that, they, that that's okay and that's all they should aspire to? Now, you can like or not like that rationale, and I'm very much paraphrasing. But that was his rationale. I got a bunch of kids on my, my roster, many of who came from single-parent homes with very little they have more in their life right now than they have ever had. I want them to see that there is more beyond this, and that's why I'm going to dress that this way, because I respect the game, I want them to respect the game, and I want them... So, anyway. And then there are a lot of coaches... Uh, Nate Oates still wears a sport coat most games. No tie, though. That's another one. Good idea. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. We've gotten a couple messages like this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, about they wish that basketball and football coaches wore uniforms like they do in baseball. Who would be the funniest college football coach to see in shoulder pads and football pants coaching on the sideline? Brett Bielema? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe he would just look like a lineman. Yeah, he, he can't. Eli Drinkwitz? Pittman's kind of the same way. Drink with. <laughs> you have to get like a youth size set of pads. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> freeze? Brian Kelly w- would look funny in a football uniform. Who, who else freeze? in college football? Is there... Just... I mean, like, do you want to see Biff Pogey and... Yes. At this point, yeah. Why not? All right, what about in basketball? <laughs> God, bl- God rest his soul, the late Rick Majerus. 
Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yes. Be a good one. Rick Pitino. There'd be some coaches you would think you would think could get out there and still give you like ten and five too. Yeah. Stackhouse is one Stackhouse of them. Stackhouse would, would look the part, no doubt. Yeah. I mean Musselman loves taking his shirt off after a game and waving it around. Yeah. So That's right. Oh man. Somebody said Wimp Sanderson. Sanderson. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. What did I start to say is that we're in the Pearl River Resort studio. We are. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can uh, check them out online at pearlriverresort.com. Also, you can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Connect and protect. That's the plan from C Spire that gives your kids the protection that they need, that gives you peace of mind, but also gives them the device that they want. Learn more online at cspire.com. Cspire customer inspired. This is normally the time that we would bring you the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Mike McDaniel would look like a player off the Little Giants. But here's the That's thing. That's a good one. We got submission yeah, for him and Saban. They played football. Like Mike McDaniel is not just some nerd that they picked up off the street that has an analytic book. He played college football. Yeah. At Yale. Yeah. But that's a hell of a lot better that's than playing. than ninety nine point nine percent of high school a, football players yeah. do. Yeah, playing football at Yale is a higher level of football than ninety nine percent of the people listening to this show. Where does this message come from? Well, we might as well not waste our breath on Leipold, Smith, or Elko anymore. I hope Zach Selman doesn't make a run at Dave Clawson. Well, well, why not? Now, I'm not saying he should be candidate number one or anything, but would a guy that's elevated and overachieved at a place with no resources whatsoever who has history coaching in the SEC, that would not be somebody that you would at least be like, okay, I get it. This one says, uh, give me G.J. Kinney, Tom Herman, Rhett Lashley, Jamie Chadwell, or Jeff Trailer. Tom Herman? What? It's actually a Tom Herman? Did I hear his pretty, name? Pretty good list right there. That's a good list. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We'll look at lines on this Tuesday, and we'll get to the fishy line of the week. That's coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Back on Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider 
of us at Sports Talk Mississippi. They can be your official apparel provider as well. Visit them online at genteelapparel.com. Check out the great-looking golf shirts. They've got pullovers, quarter zips. I told you about this a few weeks ago. The softest hoodie I've ever... So it's like a quarter-zip hoodie, sweatshirt material, but it is the softest sweatshirt material I've ever felt in my life. They get the pants and the shorts and all of the outerwear that you could want. Genteelapparel.com. Check them out. Genteelapparel.com. Let's look at some of the lines on games this week. Bama is a 10.5 point favorite at Kentucky. Is that a little smaller than you expected? So I don't. I've gone back and forth on whether or not that qualifies, but I think that's my fishy line of the week. I mean, I, I mean, I guess they're. It's it's a hold du- on. You can't do that yet. I, I wonder if they're thinking emotional, not let down here, but mm. but an Alabama team that kind of comes out flat on the road, probably going to be a pretty hostile environment, and it just kind of takes them a little while to get going after this past Saturday. South Carolina at home is favored by 13 and a half over Vanderbilt. I'll be curious when we get to the fishy line of the week if Brian Haydad employs the same logic that he did a week ago with regard to South Carolina and being a favorite. Tennessee is a one point favorite at Missouri. Arkansas favored at home by three against Auburn. How will that be received on the Plains? Who is that? That game's bigger for Sam Pittman in Arkansas, right? Oh, yeah. That that win yeah. means all, more Auburn, to Sam Pittman than Auburn it does still to Hugh Freeze in year one. Auburn still has uh, New Mexico State or somebody. Somebody they can beat to get to six wins. Mm-hmm. I think for Arkansas, if I'm, if I'm correct, they don't have another non-conference game. So... They got to win this if they want to. Yeah, they got to win out to go to the uh, to go to a bowl game. Georgia favored by ten and a half over Ole Miss. LSU favored by fourteen over Florida in Baton Rouge. Texas A and M is a nineteen point favorite against Mississippi State. There's talk about no Max Johnson this weekend for the Aggies. Yeah. It was a matter. Of, I hate to put it like that because it's it's a human being who's hurt. But it it was a matter of time with how poorly they've protected him to this point. Yeah. That, isn't that inexcusable for Texas A and M to have an offensive line that's as bad as they are? Like, and they even played well on Saturday for their standards, and he got smoked. Everything about Texas A and M football is inexcusable from the top down. Yeah. No reason for that program to be as bad as it is with the money they put into it. But here's the thing. That's this is what they've always been. Now, the the, the changing landscape allows for movement, right? I mean, I, I mentioned Nebraska a lot. The television stuff I think is really what hurt Nebraska because you had more schools with more money and and all that, but like Nebraska's falling apart in this new era. They'll be lucky to go to a bowl game this year. It's hard to get players to go there. They're in a world of hurt. And then you've got programs like an Ole Miss with very little history, absent before my dad was born, 
who can invest a ton of money and they're building up a program that's going to... I mean, they're favored to win 28 games in three years in the SEC West. So there's, there's opportunity for upward mobility, but... When people say things like that, and, and I say it too all the time, there's no excuse for A&M to be this bad. But they've always, this is them. This is exactly Texas A&M football. This is what they've always been. It is for our lifetime. The glory days are, I mean, when my grandfather was my age? What, like John David Crow? Yeah. That's the glory days of A&M football. Well, and, and, yeah, but I mean, they went, they won the Southwest Conference a bunch of times in the '80s when Jackie was there and when R.C. Slocum was there. They were, they were the top, they were one of the top dogs in the old Southwest Conference. They were okay in the Big Twelve for a couple of years. But you but hear yeah, that phrase recently, right there: the top dog yeah. in the Southwest Conference in the '80s. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm just saying, like, it's not as far back as Richard's name and John David Crow. <laughs> I mean, those those mid '80s Aggies teams, the Wrecking Crew, those were good teams. They were, they were. All right, it's Tuesday, which means it's time for the Fishy Line of the Week. Fishy Line of the Week is brought to you by PTG Outdoors, one of Mississippi's best stores for outdoorsmen. If you want to be on the water, then you need to be at PTG Outdoors. Brands that they carry are Camus and Thor Boats and Mercury Marine Motors of all shapes and sizes. I'm talking about, like, you can go from the the 25-horse or the 15-horse Mercury Marine motor all the way up to that 300-horse motor that goes on the back of the boat and be the fastest boat on the lake. Motors of all shapes and sizes, they're your Garmin-authorized warranty retailer, so you are guaranteed to find the big fish wherever it is that you drop anchor. Two locations to serve you, Greenville and Grenada, and coming soon, a new location in Tuscaloosa. You can visit them online at ptgoutdoors.com, ptgoutdoors.com. It's the uh, PTG Outdoors Fishy Line of the Week. By the way, just as an add-on reminder, I understand that it's 80 degrees outside today, but that's likely to change in like four days. If you have not gotten your boat winterized, PTG Outdoors can help you. You need to get that done before that first hard freeze. I know it was a little cold a couple of weeks ago. You should still be in good shape, but get the winterization done before you forget about it and before it's too late. It will cost you a lot less to take care of that on the front end. All right. Borky, do you want to start since you already kind of gave us your fishy line of the week? So I'll give you a different one just because I did kind of spoil that, although I am curious uh, to see. This one, you can explain it away, but it's still really low. Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma in Bedlam last week. Oh, no! Uh, you shouldn't have given it to me first, man. Shouldn't They're only have. a two and a half point favorite mm-hmm. on the road at a four and five UCF team. Here's the problem with that: Oklahoma State's been playing great, mm-hmm. and they're five and one in the Big Twelve. UCF got their first Big Twelve win last week to get to one and five in conference play, and it was a two point win at Cincinnati. Two and a half points don't make no sense. That is fishy. That stinks to the rafters. Good one, Borky. That is a good one. Hey, Dad. Fishy line of the week. So we're not so much looking at a line here as an over-under okay. for me. Sorry. That is what's, what's fishy for me. A total. Texas A&M and Mississippi State. 
The total is 43. Mm-hmm. State is averaging in conference play, I think, nine points a game. And A&M, I mean, are they going to put 33, 34, 35 points on the board? I, I don't think so. They did last week. So they did last week, but I mean, I feel like that was a with a block field goal, too, which is a, a uh, play you can't count on every week. So, yeah, to me, the under is a, is a, that's a really weird over under for a team for state that they can't score on anybody right now. Their last three games, they've scored a combined, is it 20 points, 23 points? I can't I can't see this game going over under any circumstances. I'm surprised this isn't you know, I don't think it should be in, you know, northwestern Iowa territory, but they could they could shave ten points off of this one for me. My fishy line of the week is actually the game that I'm calling. I've got Memphis at Charlotte this week. And Memphis is only a nine and a half point favorite in this game. Memphis has been lighting up the scoreboard. Let me read you the conference scores for Charlotte this year. They scored 16 in a loss to SMU. They were shut out by Navy. They scored 10 in a win over East Carolina. 16 in a loss to FAU. And then somehow last week they scored 33 in an overtime win over Tulsa. All right, contrast that with what Memphis has done. They scored 59 this past week in a win over South Florida, 45 in a win over North Texas, 45 in a win over UAB, 21 in a loss to Tulane. Memphis has lit up the scoreboard in conference play. Nine and a half does not feel like enough in that game. So Memphis-Charlotte, nine and a half. Memphis is the favorite. Smell that? Fishy line of the week. Stinks. Our fishy lines of the week are brought to you by PTG Outdoors. Find them online at ptgoutdoors.com. Locations in Greenville, Grenada, and coming soon, Tuscaloosa. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this. News. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Press pause on the sports just for a second and remind you that it is election day and you have until 7 o'clock to be in line at uh, the polling place at which you are to vote. If you are in line by 7 o'clock, then by law, you must be allowed to to vote. Now, if you're after 7 o'clock, that's on you, unless there's something exceptional happening. Uh, high turnout is being reported in a lot of places across the state of Mississippi. So be patient. Uh, be patient with the poll workers. Be patient with the other people. But know that you do have until 7 o'clock to uh, cast your ballot. And if you are in line by 7 o'clock, they cannot refuse you the right to vote. So uh, just remember that that's going on. And don't forget that uh, our coverage... 
of the um, uh, of the election here in Mississippi is um, continuing tonight, starting at eight o'clock. Get live up to the minute results from across the state during Super Talk Mississippi's 2023 election special coverage. Starts at 8 tonight. Results from the Super Talk Mississippi News team, plus analysis and discussion from guests from across the political spectrum. You can hear our election coverage across the Super Talk network, the app, and watch the results on Super Talk TV and at uh, Super Talk TV. Uh, I'm sorry, supertalk.fm slash results. If you have an interest in like playing with an interactive map, go to our website, supertalk.fm slash results. And uh, we've got that. So the map that you see, like if you're watching election coverage on TV where you know, they hit on a county and it zooms in, it shows you what the vote totals are in a specific county, that will update in real time for the governor's race. And then you'll have all of the other statewide races that are listed below that will show um, total number of votes and uh, percentage of votes as well. So all of that is coming your way at supertalk.fm slash results. So, good stuff. Um, we go to the national games. Look at some of the, the lines from across the country as well. Should we circle back to Old Miss Georgia, though? Okay. Because, it, not that my fear matters. I, I am afraid, though, that the, the reaction to the expected is going to be disproportionate. That was a very wordy sentence, but... I think Lane Kiffin said it correctly, and I think the fans need to kind of heed his what he said. It is a free shot. It's a massive opportunity to put a stamp as a program that is arrived in college football. I mean, the, the investment in the portal thing and Kiffin and all that has been building up to a point where a win over Georgia would be that busting through the door, Kool-Aid man, oh yeah, you know, Ole Miss football's here, right? That's what Saturday would be. But losing that game, I don't think costs Ole Miss much. And, and people are building this up as the biggest game in program history. I saw one Ole Miss publication say, biggest game in program history. And I just, I, I cannot subscribe to that when a win also doesn't gain you anything. Now you beat Georgia and like the intangible stuff that a win would create is real. But you could very well end up in the same place losing this game or winning this game. You need help to make the playoff. Beating George is not going to guarantee you there. You need losses elsewhere. So it's a massive opportunity, but losing the game's not, well, season's over, blew it. Because you will still be favored to go back to an access bowl, your second 10-win regular season ever, and an opportunity to win 11 games in a season for the first time ever. It's a true free shot with very little consequence if you lose. agree with that. But haven't we, to some degree, been calling this a free shot for... We have. The, the better part of a month? Kind of looking ahead. Now, And there was always the caveat of, you know, if they take care of business. Got to win at Auburn. Got to beat A&M at home. Got to beat Arkansas. But if you get to that game, then you're going to have a free shot. And it still is. Describe it having... Free shot, playing with house money. But isn't the hope that what that means is 
you don't go in the into that game with oh this doesn't matter but instead you go in loose and confident and you just let it all hang out i mean that's the hope right you you would like to go in and and play your best game and play confident and play clean and then if it's good enough and you win awesome and if it's not good enough, okay. You know where you got to get as a program. That's the standard in college football, and it has been for a while. They haven't lost in that place in five years. Since pre-COVID. 2018. And what is it, 26 straight wins? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just see this as a huge opportunity. For, I disagree with, with Borky's premise that Almost doesn't gain anything material. I mean, I guess maybe material is the word. That's there, what I mean. They don't gain almost, anything material. If almost wins this game, they're going to go eleven and one for the first time since ever. I mean, no, I'll no, guarantee John Vaught. Yeah, I mean, John Vaught. When they had the last time they finished a season with one loss, because they'll be a big favorite whoever they play in the bowl. John Vaught was on the sidelines the last time that happened. This this is a massive game. It, 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 it you will finish the seat. You're almost assured of finishing the season in the top ten, and you have a great chance of being because I don't think you can get into the playoff, but you have a great chance of being number five when this is all over. Top five finish. If you, that is that is worth something. If you don't get in the playoff, and that would be incredibly frustrating, right? If if you go because how many times. Has an 11 win SEC team been part of the playoff? Right, we've seen that happen. Yeah. But if you don't get in the playoff, as frustrating as it is in the moment, the good of it goes to the reputation that you carry to the following year, I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah. But you'll be preseason top five with Dart and Judkins coming back. You're preseason a, top five. In a year where there will be a 12 team playoff. Right. And going into a year where you are going to need to add pieces through the transfer portal, through high school recruiting, and you get a massive bump in those final yeah. few weeks before guys come in through the transfer portal. All of that's when, when true. When you go to Dallas, when you go to Dallas for media days, Ole Miss gets real votes to win the SEC next year. Not the fake, oh, I'm going to vote for Vanderbilt because it's funny votes. The real votes. All of that's true, but let's say the advanced stats are correct and they go there and lose by four. They play really well, they just get beat. Does that change anything about what the offseason hype would be with what they've got returning? If they if they win 10 games instead it's of 11. It's a different level. It, it is a different, a different level, level but, but we're talking as if, like we had a guy on the text line, uh, recruiting implications are on the line. You, you think losing... In Athens is going to cost you recruits. It just it, it can gain you recruits. You got to think in one terms win of is going to gain here. you a recruit. A win over the two-time reigning national champions in their house. Yeah, there's going to be to, at to least one recruit that goes with that. And yes, yeah, that will gain yes. you. you there it, is a difference. There is a difference between ten and two, and you know, okay, we're in the Peach Bowl, and eleven and one, and gosh, they really should be in the play. Yes, there's a difference. There is a difference. I, I it, so if they lose and they go ten and two, I would like to know the recruit that they didn't sign that they would have had they won the game. Well, I mean, possibly 
Well, I would like to know who that really is. I mean, how can I how can I quantify that? Say I'd like to know who it is because it's that's my point. Is they are still with a loss in position to be all of those things to have a what would be a historic season with a ton of momentum and going into next season as a top ten team. Losing in Athens does not break through the gas. All of that you can't you can't break through the glass ceiling until you beat some of these teams. You know, beating LSU was big this year, but now you're looking at LSU, and that's a three-loss team. Beating Georgia is different. You go to Georgia and win, that is a different perception. You're the course. lead story of every college football of course. publication, every college football show. Everybody's talking to you all next week. We, you know, we, we get a, a, a look at the Egg Bowl that even though State doesn't deserve anything, people are going to be like, that's a, you know, that's a game to watch now. I, I'm just telling you, it's different. I, I'm not it's different saying, if Ole Miss wins. I'm not saying it's not different, but I'm saying if they lose, there are still all of those things to a lesser degree, but it, it's not like the season's lost and oh, they're not going to recruit as but well anymore. It's and a lesser it's, degree. That, that's Haydad's point. Okay. It's a lesser degree. It, yes, but it's not d- a dramatic thing. If they lose the game, an Ole Miss fan shouldn't be, ah, oh, recruiting's just, ah, they're There's screwed a difference now. between being top five and top ten. I mean, that's, that's just, at the end of the day, there's a difference between being top five and top ten. It's just such an immaterial difference in the grand scheme of program building. L- losing to Georgia oh, does not change the the... the Direction losing, that they were going. Correct. Uh, yes. The, losing. I'm, you're right. Winning. Winning makes the difference. I know that. I don't think you do. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you to wrap it up after this. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. See if we can put a bow on the uh, conversation from before the break. This message on the ceasefire text line, I agree with Haydad that Ole Miss losing doesn't change much, but a win over Georgia at Georgia could catapult Ole Miss's status and recruiting capabilities into the stratosphere. So here's what I would say kind of as we wrap that up. We are in 2023, and people still reference back-to-back wins over Alabama pretty regularly from 2014, 10 years ago, and 2015, 9 years ago. And those Ole Miss teams finished 9 wins with a Peach Bowl loss and 10 wins with a Sugar Bowl victory. This would be one of those games where a decade from now, people would still be referencing when Ole Miss won at Georgia in 2023 en route to an 11-win season that included a trip to the the fill-in-the-blank bowl or possibly 
the playoff. Playoff. What what game did I? What game did I compare this to earlier? Mississippi State Alabama, nineteen eighty, right? Forty three years ago. Years ago, I, I I know people still talk about that game. People still talk. Were you born on that day? November fifth, nineteen eighty, for me. What I don't know. I don't know the exact date of the game. So. I just, I just knew if we were around that time. If it beat Alabama in nineteen eighty, you'd know the exact. Date. I would know, I would know, yeah. but it wasn't. Uh, no, it wasn't. But I mean, that people still talk about that game today. Columns are still written every year about Mississippi State six, Alabama three. It's a part of state's tradition and history. You see it November every time 1st. you see an MSU highlight video. Every time you see an MSU highlight video, you see Billy Jackson falling on the ball. That is what happens if you win this game. It becomes a part of your football history. Not the way, you know, beating Kentucky or Vanderbilt or even LSU is. You go into the home of the two-time reigning champs who haven't lost at home, like you said, since 2018, and you beat them. That is a historic win, and it elevates your program. But but, but all of that is big-picture stuff. I think the immediate consequence, and and Borky, this is where you and I differed a little bit. You you said you don't think it makes a difference. See, I think this could be the win that gets you over the hump, and there's no way to quantify it, right? Because you said a second ago, I want to know which recruit said yes that would have said no otherwise. There's no way to quantify it. But this could be the kind of win that when you're going head-to-head with Florida State for a defensive tackle, or Alabama for a wide receiver, or I started to say Clemson. That'd be a terrible example. They don't use the transfer portal. Um, Michigan for a defensive end (laughs) that is transferring out of Iowa that maybe puts you over the hump and they choose Ole Miss instead of going to Ann Arbor or Tallahassee. Possible. and All of those things about the big picture win stuff is true. I just, like right here, Mike says winning the game at Georgia changes the whole dynamic of the program. Lose the game and the outside perception doesn't change. I think that's garbage. I think if Ole Miss, again, goes to another access bowl and wins 28 regular season games in three years, only to be bested by Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time, and Georgia, the gold standard of the sport, does not keep Ole Miss down. No, I don't this, think he's arguing with that message that it but, keeps them down. I think he's just saying it just but, kind of stays where it is, but which it, is it, that but, they're a but I disagree with football that. program. I, if Ole Miss goes no, to another Access Bowl and wins Kiffin, that game, they are, they are forward-moving again with a quarterback and a running back returning and Watkins back and Wade back. and uh, th- th- There is so much that would elevate even with the loss to Georgia, that I don't buy that. That's that's who I'm talking to, and that's who I'm talking about is with a loss here, nothing changes. You don't go backwards with a loss. You don't stay the same if you go 10-2 and two and go back to an access bowl either. The the Vegas over-under this season was 7.5. I, but I don't even understand what you're arguing then. I, I don't think any of us are saying that Ole Miss goes backwards or... Uh, like. Or it, stays it takes, the same. It takes two more wins. Like in that scenario, the Georgia game doesn't matter. I, it just takes two more wins, and then you get to ten, and you go to an access bowl, and everything's moving in the right direction. I think the whole premise of the conversation is a win can change things, and a loss doesn't really have an effect one way or the other. 
That is literally how I started this. And you disagreed with me. Uh, and, and growth can still happen and will still happen. This idea that this text right here is who I'm talking to. The perception of Ole Miss doesn't change. This season, if they get those 10 wins and, help win the Orange Bowl, the perception of Ole Miss changes, even with the loss to Georgia. That's my point. We are out of time with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Don't forget you have until 7 o'clock to vote tonight. That's when the polls close across the state of Mississippi. Join us for our election coverage starting in two hours, 8 o'clock, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good night. Oh, it's incredible! Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.